Hey guys, Jesse here. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Mama We Made It. On this week's episode, we had Sam on. Sam's our uh, good buddy from high school, and uh, we talked about life, learning, the pursuit of happiness, and uh, just kind of being able to deal with bullshit. You know, I think you guys will really get a lot from this one. I know I did. I hope you enjoy. Cool, bro. We're live. What's up, man? Nothing much. Dude, stoked that, to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah, you got it, dude. Yeah. How's that? How's life before the move? Uh, It's actually going pretty good. Just wrapping up some final stuff at work. Yeah, dude. Doing a few interviews. Um, I packed up all my stuff last weekend, so. Are you looking for the same, same position? Yeah, oh, I'll be looking for similar position. I work with... Uh, SAP. It's a it's a software for com- that companies use in order to track pretty much every aspect of a business. So from sales orders to deliveries to inventory management to really everything. It's like a like one click financial statements. It's uh, a oh, software okay. a lot a lot of big companies have been have been using. Did you but, learn that in school or did you specialize in that and get a certification? No, I I actually picked it up here working down the street at uh, Maggot. Um, Maggot? Maggot. Hey, Maggot. It's an aerospace company. Oh, oh. Yeah. That's the place that you're at right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And so I actually picked it up um, there. I was They brought me in based off of my previous work experience at Google. Right, yeah. What were you doing at Google? Nothing. I mean, I was working. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, that, that place is kind of funny. I, it, so they work on like an 80-20 rule. So when you get hired... 80% of your, your time goes into the job you were hired for, and then 20% goes into coming up with ideas like Google Glass and like self-driving cars and all that kind of stuff. Those are ideas that is super somebody weird. has, and then, yeah, if it gets backed, then it will become more, and then they'll actually create a workflow about it and all that. But No matter what the job role that you were hired for, you, you still have a say in? Yeah, you could come up with something, but I mean... 99% of them are shit. And a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of the ones I was on were shit. Yeah. And so... But Involving just, toilets? Just, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All of that tech, shit. Tech toilets. Yeah. Virtual toilets. Yeah. Just you shit. need to have a probiotic. Exactly. Please. 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 Dude, yeah. all the, you know, all the toilets, they all have like bidets. I was just in Thailand, man. That shit's for real. Yeah. Yeah, dude. But at Google, every one of the toilets can like clean your asshole for you. Honestly? That's probably why they're making millions. Yeah. People but, people don't realize how, how it feels to have a clean butthole. It's true. It, I mean, honestly, it's, I, was, I didn't use it for like a whole year because I was just intimidated. And then, like, <laughs> I don't want I, anything I started, in my butthole. I started taking like four or five shits a day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have a, just you have a, from, a bidet just problem. Just a butthole stimulation right there. Stimulation. But, um, yeah, so no, actually just being in this area, this area is not very techy. So before I was up north near uh, like Sacramento and San Jose um, and no, coming back it. down to Southern California and not... Not being surrounded by a bunch of tech people, you know, just having that on my on my resume that would kind of interest the company and give me a shot at that. And once I got there, I just continued to learn. And actually, the implementation went so bad that was probably why I was able to learn as much as I have is because when they w- went live with their new software, there was so many issues and shit hit the fan. Oh, that li- like literally, oh, like God. SAP. They stand for they say it stands for stop all production. <laughs> and so that's literally what happened like they, no one could do anything because 
a lot of issues, but... Was that before you got there, or was that... Yep, so I was helping getting the data ready to go into SAP, but then once it was in it, I mean, the company just didn't know how to use it because they were just poorly trained. Nobody took the time to learn anything. Um, But uh, because it went so bad, you know, I saw everyone stressed out. And, you know, they're like, oh, we don't have enough people here. We need more people. There's not enough people help on the floor, blah, blah, blah. And I had never used SAP at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. So I saw an opportunity. I was like, "Hey, I could help out on the floor. You know, I, I could, I could teach these people." And they're like, "Okay, come five a.m. tomorrow morning, because that's when the manufacturing wow. gets there." Uh, they're like, "You know, could you be here and help us on the floor?" So I said, "Okay." Showed up the next day, five a.m. They gave me a crash course, literally two minutes of showing how to do something, and they're like, "All right, get out there and help." They're asking you questions. Yeah. They're like, "Do you know how to do this?" No, no. So we don't. like, <laughs> there was a there's a like a specialist that was there and. It was pretty much just trial by fire. He was like, go, you need to learn this. And he literally showed, he clicked the screen like eight times. And he's like, all right, go. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What did you do? Was I supposed to take notes? I wasn't, or was I, what was supposed to be going on? I was looking away. Sorry, yeah. what did you say? I was, I was looking at that bird over there. Like, yeah. And yeah, so you got it. You're good. You're that, good. That's literally it. And I just ran out there and, you know, somebody would ask. They, I, I'd get like five or six questions. And I'd be like, okay, I don't know. I'll come back. Run, ask, talk to all the different specialists, ask, ask them all. And it's funny, too, because you ask them, each, each one of them will have a different way of solving something. Mm-hmm. You talk to all of them, you, you know, they regurgitate information on you, and then you got to run back out there and shut. And so I was just doing that for literally like a month straight. I was on my feet all, you know, like 10 hours a day. Just asking people? Yeah, running around. I was on the manufacturing floor, so I was really helping. I mean, manufacturing, it's... You know, people that really didn't graduate high school, you know, a lot of them are either, they're, they're either in shipping or receiving, or they're, they're just told, okay, hammer this, and that's it. So, a lot of them are not, like, tech-savvy people to begin right. with. And to just dump a software system on them. Uh, without any, like, without any, guidance. Yeah, <laughs> they, I mean, a lot of them didn't even know how to log in. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> and so, you know, they're, and they're asking a lot of good questions, too. So, just through them and... I was able to just learn a lot really quickly. Like, and that's one thing you'll notice too is a lot of people, especially if, if with an SAP role or any, any sort of role out where every day you've been doing it for five years, you just click this button and this happens. You know, so right. You get used to that. And so as soon as something comes in where it's shaking it up and now you actually have to learn, I looked at it as a learning experience because I wanted to learn. Most people look at it as an inconvenience. That's, that is, that's a, it's literally framing. Yeah. It's how you frame something, mm-hmm. and that can literally change the entire... Just yeah. just when you said you asked if you can help out mm-hmm. with the implementation, something that you had no experience... You know, I mean, yeah, you did the data. You know. Yeah, but you're right. I, I, didn't, I, I had zero experience. In- I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the, the show, because I feel like as long as I've known you, you've always kind of been like... You've, you've, you're not afraid to get your hands dirty, you know, doing... You, either the shit work or also putting yourself in the thick of it to, you know, and sometimes you got to look like you have to know nothing to know something. Yeah. If if you're always the smartest guy in the room, then you're in the wrong room. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and when you're, especially in the tech Mm -hmm. industry, there's literally always going to be something that, you know, that you don't know or that you can get better at. Definitely. I've always wanted to learn coding or just I, with, with the companies that I've worked for, 
just learning that software, you know, and learning, oh, I wish this could be better, you know, in, in this kind of way. And being able to actually shape that and mm. guide the change, I think that's something that what, it, it's I, necessary. I do agree. Um, but one thing that, I, that I'm starting to realize is, uh, so you have tech, you have the people that code, right? Um, but to be honest, that is like, that's incredibly difficult. And uh, a lot of times it's not even very enjoyable. I mean, you're just in a, you're sitting on the computer for eight hours straight, just keying out. It's cool. Cause in the end you could actually click a button and it's like building a, you know, a birdhouse or something like in the end, you kind of have something to look at that you've made. And it's similar to with coding where, you know, you take nothing and then you threw a, a couple of equations and numbers and all that all of a sudden you can have a functioning website that does something or a program that could output something but yeah takes a lot of sweat equity and takes a lot of time frustration but the biggest thing uh and a lot of companies are realizing this now is they have terrible managers like nobody knows how to manage tech and so there's a good opportunity right now where you don't have to necessarily be a coder but you have to understand kind of computer principles um but the biggest thing is you kind of have to understand people uh, and, and kind of getting those guys that stay in a room all day typing. And I know, how, yeah. how do you get them to work together? I, that's that's one uh, problem with the tech world. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, they're not really people people. Yeah, you know? they're, not, they're, <laughs> people they're not people people. They're, they're people computers. Yeah, and you know that's totally fine, but a management position. Yeah, man, to know management people. is kind of what I've noticed is what what is really lacking in a lot of places and I think people are starting to realize that and that's management. The funny thing about management is if you're good at a job, eventually you'll get promoted. It's a theory. I forget what it's called, but, uh, if you're good at a, a specific task, eventually they'll give you more responsibility and, you know, through your repeated um, process of being good at a specific task, they'll continue to promote you, promote you, promote you until eventually you land in a management position. Mm-hmm. And if you're a good manager, then they'll promote you to running more people. But if you're a bad manager, a lot of times they don't fire you. They just keep you there because you've proven yourself so many times in the past. And, you know, you're not very, you're not really terrible, but you're not the best. And so that's why a lot of people complain about how bad their managers are is because if you do become a bad manager, a lot of times you just kind of get stuck there and you're in that weird limbo where you're not a good manager. You'd probably be better if you were demoted, but you're not going to take a cut. Mm -hmm. And so eventually, you know, you're, either get fired that's or the, or you leave that's the thing with bigger companies too because mm-hmm. i worked i worked at amgen uh for for like a year or something mm-hmm. and i noticed because i was doing it tech um you know just to make money for college and uh i remember like seeing some of these managers and they were old managers mm-hmm. of my division but then they got moved around because they were they were so bad you know but they didn't fire them for yeah some it's reason, weird it's, it's like they, they don't talk to you about Yo, you need to get better at these things, or even offer you a solution like, "Yo, we're gonna put you yeah, in put some mentoring classes." Yeah. You know, I think with training, you know, you, you can you can really shape diamonds out of you know uh, out of out of you know things that you definitely don't think would have been diamonds, but tra- it takes yeah. a willingness to learn. Yeah, which is true. I think ninety nine percent of the problem. Yeah, they see people people are just satisfied with you know what they did. They're like, "Oh, I put in four hours to yeah. or four four years to school." To get a degree. That's true. And now learning's done. And that's kind of an old world style thought, you know? It's yeah. Like life um, is always learning. And, I mean, one thing, too, is not everybody can be a good manager or leader. Yeah. Like, not everybody possesses the qualities in order to lead people. And that's one thing that 
something needs to be recognized as well as just because you're good at it a, a very specific task and you mm-hmm. could be an expert at it but doesn't mean you're in a position to ever actually lead a team yeah yeah just because you watch Grey's Anatomy you can't be yeah. a good surgeon <laughs> or run a team of surgeons yeah exactly yeah. they all chain smoke <laughs> they're always they're always chain smokers uh, yeah man but it's funny not not to change the subject but I was just in Vegas and yeah, how was that it was fucking awesome dude it was so what were you out there again for so I have a buddy that I used to go to school with and he lives in Colorado mm. and I haven't seen him for a long time and, and we always meet up like once a year or something with me and my girlfriend he'll bring his girlfriend sometimes I'll even hang out with his family oh I thought this was like a business thing for your girlfriend no 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 yeah. this was this was a completely a it was all play all play oh, in really? Vegas yeah and we played <laughs> quite a bit but we went to see this show Absinthe have you ever heard of that one just the drink yeah <laughs> they had that yeah I was hallucinating. I didn't actually watch a show. I was staring at a wall for three hours. Yeah, I saw the wife or the or the green fairy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, but it's this, it's this like little like circus show. I was uh, a, a circus. Is it like circus L A or Cirque, Cirque de L A. Um, no, no. Uh, it's it's like its own thing. It's really? literally modeled after just a circus. Um, like oh, like but it has more elephants riding bike circus or um kind of, but more on the acrobat side. Oh, okay. Uh, like the human performance, they didn't they didn't have any animals or anything like that. I think all the animal cruelty over the years, I think, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they they wouldn't really get away with all that. All the now. elephants with their, their feet spiked to... Yeah, the, pretty much, yeah. All the whips. seats. Yeah, so. no, but... Uh, so, it, it was kind of like a comedy slash uh, acrobat show. Mm-hmm. And they would just announce uh, different acts and stuff. But you would see partnerships and, and people working together. And it's, it's weird to see people work in such harmony. Mm-hmm. And doing such unbelievable tasks. Like, they, they really were able to move their body in any way they wanted to. Yeah. But they, not just that, they had control over themselves, their own actions, but they were also able to read their partner, mm. you know, and that it kind of goes back to that management thing, you know, it's like, you can be the best athlete, you could be the best at, you know, this thing, but if you can't work well with others, you know, you're going to hit some snags in the road, you're not going to yeah. reach like this extra potential. And I think humans were kind of, they were made to work with each other, you know, I think if you take one human in the world, they weren't great. Unless they had a whole group of people they worked with. That's why, you know, group mentality, you know, and then like you, you, even the awful things in history. Like if you think of Hitler, if Hitler was by himself, he wouldn't have amounted to anything, mm-hmm. you know. He was able to reach this emotional note in people and, and this fury after World War One, you know, after, after all that, you know, after they blamed the Germans for all these, these things and, and shamed them. Hitler kind of spoke to all this and they... they built a whole group and a whole mindset and that's what created this you know this horrible thing you know yeah. world war Two. that's a that's a bad example to use hitler as that kind of <laughs> guidance but if you look at you know this just us you know mm-hmm. i think if you can work together with people and you work well in that environment and just kind of you have to you have to be able to you have to be able to talk to people or agree with people at least partly, you know, and, and communicate what your own thoughts are to actually be able to grow, you know, and, and for me in particular, the fitness world, I feel like that you see so much, you see so much lies and, and 
like the, what they're taking and stuff just just how well that but also what they the fitness professionals will tell others of what they do and they'll and they'll lie they'll say hey use this lap band on your you know to squeeze out all the fat like that has no proven validity you know oh work out your biceps so you can lose the fat around your biceps there's nothing like that you know it takes you know authenticity and honesty to actually be able to you know create change mm-hmm. you know something something i remember you telling me didn't you say you uh you had like a a shuffle the deck kind of workout yeah plan yeah see what, what was that thing um i created a i created a spreadsheet um just on like google drive mm-hmm. and what it does is it it's so i have four different categories i have uh, a push, a pull, a movement, and then a walk. The push is, or it's pull and push. The pull is uh, pull-up variations. And uh, so I'll have 12 different pull-up variations, and then I'll have 12 different uh, push-up variations, 12 different movement variations, like uh, Ido Portel. It's somebody right, yeah. that does a lot of movement stuff. So what kind of, what, can you explain some of the movement stuff? For people so, who don't know what like, that is. A lot of stuff he is just real honestly what he talks about, what he kind of preaches is just moving. Um so I I've kind of broken away from just standard push ups, you know, bicep curls, just very isolated stu- yeah, isolated, no mo- no using stabilizers, anything like that. Mm-hmm. And Ido Portel he does like a one thing he does is a lizard walk, which is where you do it's pretty much like a low level push up but then in a push up you're you're like crawling forward yeah it's like much. crawl slash on all, yeah on all fours um that thing is hard man yeah the, i've i've done that one yeah that's that's definitely a difficult thing but you're using so many different muscles oh yeah you're just you literally literally everything you got i mean you got your shoulders your your abs um my hips your, my hips yeah burn. your hips you got to like yeah. really be able to glide and against you gotta, the floor if you're doing it right at least yeah and, and you got you know it depends on if some people I like when I do it I step over really hard. It's kind of hard to explain that, but once you watch the like a video of somebody doing it, you'll understand. But right, you know when I when I'm going I step really hard with my back foot, boom, in order to turn my hip out, and so I'll step really right. Hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but stuff like that or and just 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 flowing too. Um, like one of the other movements I'll do would be like a uh, a wall arch. So I'll go up to a wall with my back facing towards the wall. So I'm facing away from the wall. Mm-hmm. And I'll just arch backwards and then walk my hands down the wall to the floor. To like a bridge. Yeah, and a then walk bridge. my hands back up. So oh, I've done that, yeah. Yeah, That's... so I'll, I'll do... So that'll be like my movement. And then the walks. The walks are usually like... Uh, the walks are mainly supposed to be for your legs. So I'll do like a duck walk or like a, a frog walk. So you're jumping... Or another one he does is like a horse walk where you're pretty much in a low squat and then you walk across in a low squat mm-hmm. taking big steps. So stuff like that. So it's, you know, I'm trying to hit different parts of my body. But even my push-up variations. So rather than just going straight down, I'll go to the side. So I'll do a push-up and I'll lean hard to the right side. Like an archer push-up? Not archer. Like I'll go to the right and then I'll stay in a push-up to the left and then I'll go up on the left and then... So I'm pretty much like doing a box. Right, right, right. Yeah, and so I'll do that. So it's just, just ways to break away from just doing normal workouts. 
I think that's more natural than yeah, and that's exa- that's exactly well, that's that's kind of what I've, I've changed. Not only how I eat, but also how I work out. I've changed it more towards like natural, what makes sense. Um, and everyone is unique, and I think that's something that yeah, people don't really. That's true too. They, but they want to plan. You know, they go. When I was a trainer, they're like, "Oh, I want to lose this much weight," and I'm like, "All right, well, well, and you look at your life." That's that's the wrong thing too. About everybody wants to do a diet, but a diet implies that once you hit whatever your goal is, and it's over. And if that's what you're doing, then you're you're just always gonna yo-yo because it's a cycle. Yeah. Yeah, you need to stay in a more of a lifestyle so oh totally but yeah that back to what i was saying though about like with what what seems natural is even the way i eat like i I usually only eat once a day um what got you into that like what uh, that's that's something that most people would be like wait wait that's not natural so honestly what, what kind of got me into it is um so i got up to like almost 200 pounds and this is when i right not right after but i, I wrestled in college and once I was done, you know, I was just drinking beer every single day, mm-hmm. not working out. I was done with working out. And just over time, he became a fat ass. Um, a practice fat ass. Yeah, then, then, and I was like, okay, you know what? what? My thing is, once my pants start getting tight, I don't buy new pants. Like, <laughs> I, I, I That's feel, your motivator? I feel like a lot of people do that. <laughs> like, you know, their pants get tight and they're like, oh, I've gained weight. Well, I'm like, okay, it's time to lose. Like, you really, unless you did your sprouting very late in life usually by the time you're a senior in high school you're really not changing to like your body should for the most part i mean I, my my one friend he, he lost a lot of weight once he got to college because that's he just hit a late growth spurt yeah but uh for the most part you know by the time you're you're a senior in high school like your body's really probably not going to be developing too much more after that and so you're closing high school and all that they should fit for the rest of your life like I it's so I, funny that you say that. It, I, I there, mean, when I went to school, I, I so I studied kinesiology, and they were talk about the set point theory, and the set point theory is pretty much saying like you have a natural weight that you, yeah you're supposed to be at, you know, and it floats around. You can change it, and this is what you know, like when you get used to eating a lot more, when you, mm-hmm. you get used to being sedentary, as you know usually happens when you get older, you know, yeah, your body you you can you can switch. The reason they call the set point theory is. They refer to it as like a thermometer, mm-hmm. and like when you set your your thermometer, it has a range. It goes yeah. like you know, if you set it to seventy, it could go to seventy five or sixty five. The thermostat. You know? Yeah, thermostat. Okay, like okay. so, they say like the set point theory is like even if you're at you, you float at this this range. Yeah. You know, and that's your natural range. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could change it. I, you know, but I think, I think that's a funny thing too with people that didn't grow up in wrestling. They think that when they step on a scale that day that they're that weight, but I, I don't think people realize that you fluctuate like five pounds a day. Oh my God, just on... water. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's, it's just, ridiculous. Just like people, I hate, when I was training, the, one of the worst things that people would say is like, oh, the weight's not moving or the or the scale's not changing and stuff. It's like, look, like the scale is so, is changing every single day at yeah. different times. Like you need to, it's impossible to like, Use use that as your metric yeah. of if you're you're losing weight or if yeah. you're if you succeeding. want an accurate weight, don't eat the night before. Like don't eat a super late dinner and then as soon as you wake up, take your weight at that time after you pee. Because usually most people wake up and they pee. Yeah, and that's pretty much like the lightest you're going to be that day, and then after that you're just adding laundry. But but, but then people will just associate, and then they'll like eat food, and then they're going to be like, oh, I gained ten pounds. I can't yeah, eat, I, I can't eat my, food. My mom does the same thing. It's but, stupid, man. Yeah, I I see that all the time. My dad did that. He you know, and and my dad is someone that. He made a huge change, and 
when you said your friend lost a lot of weight when he went to college, the set point theory doesn't mean that you are stuck at one weight. Um, Benny, come on. Sorry, my dog. Um, so it doesn't mean that you're stuck at one weight. You you can change. It just takes time. Yeah. It just takes time. And my dad, he was at, he was floating at like kind of what you said. He used to be a wrestler. He did bodybuilding. And then once he got a full-time job, full family, um, mm-hmm. he had a sedentary lifestyle. He had a shoulder problem. All those things happen. Life happens, you know? But he kind of rolled with it, and he bought pants that were bigger. Yeah, you know, yeah like, exactly. That's, 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 where kinda, he, that's where he That's where he fucked where up, he man. Broke, yeah. That's where he fucked up. But, you but, know, uh, ripped, ripped too many pants. But, yeah, so back to what, what I was talking about, the workout, um, before I kind of got uh, uh, sidetracked. But So, yeah, my workout. It happens. It's, it's 12 different... It's 12 different... Uh, each each category has 12 different workouts and what i do is i have a, a based on some formulas in excel it generates a random number between 1 through 12 for each of my workouts um and every time something happens on the page like if you type something on another cell it'll update and so the numbers are always changing and so what i do is i copy that workout and then i paste it on another sheet just values and then I'll look at like, you know, four. And so I'll look at where four is associated on the four different columns. Mm-hmm. And so four for the pull-up, it'll be like, you know, around the world pull-ups. And then four under push-ups will be like, uh, um, like I, I'll, I do finger push-ups. So it'll be like, you know, finger push-ups. And then the four under um, the, the movement will be like wall arches. And then the four under the walk will be like frog jumps. Wow. And now is so, that the rep range too? When it's and then so what happens on the very last one is after I paste it in, because I, I also have a, a, a random jump generator at the very top. And what happens is every time something updates on this page as well, it will uh, change the numbers. And so the random generator at the top will now say, you know, at the end it will be like seven. And so what I'll do is I'll look at the, the very first row, seven. And then, so this will be under the, the pull. So I'll look at the seven under the pull, and then as it links up across from it under the push, it could be like five. So then I'll do it. Uh, my my rep range, well, my sets will be seven reps of five. So, wow. Yeah. So so every single day my workout's changing. What what is the number that like? Do you have a max and a min? Yeah, I try number? to. So I mean, sometimes you'll get it'll be like one set of eleven, you know. And so I'm not gonna. I'll just re. I'll re-roll the number. Right. And then if the next one's like, you know, six sets of five, I'll keep that. If it's like six sets of four, I'll keep that. And so, and then if it's too high, like if it's, I'm not going to do like 11 sets of 11. Yeah, you know, right. So. Yeah. Especially, especially <laughs> German I, and sometimes training. I'll see too when like if, if my walk or if like it's lizard walks, like I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do 12 lizard walks. Yeah. If you're not able to do sets. it, you like, do what you can. Yeah. So yeah. I'll usually cut it around, but. Honestly, since I started doing that workout, I, I think that has probably been some of the biggest uh, improvements in my physique. Yeah, dude, and, you look great. Yeah, so I, thank I, you. I, but, I remember when you went through that kind of weight change. Yeah. Because I, I didn't see you for a long time because you, you went to school up in uh, Northern California. Yeah. And, you know, after wrestling, you know, like that shit happens. You mm-hmm. know? I think so many people... You know, yeah, I have a buddy. He went to he went to college. Like you've heard of the freshman fifteen. Like, yeah, yeah. Go to school and that shit happens. So uh, to be honest, what, and this is another thing I realized too is if you're, I was in a serious relationship uh, as well when I got up to that big, mm-hmm. 
And uh, one thing I've realized too is people just become like selfish. So I, w- I was comfortable, you know. What do you mean by selfish? So, and this happens every single time because it's, you know, you're with a girl, you were, you obviously were physically attracted to them when you first started talking because that's kind of what sparked your interest to begin with. So right. you started talking to them. But then, if you're, especially if it's a long-term relationship, over the years, you both stop working out, you both stop caring, so you both get fat, and then as soon as you guys break up with each other, boom, both both back in the gym. Yeah, and, yeah. And so... it's Well, it's a sales game. Yeah, I, I that's, was, oh, that's exactly what it is. It's but your market, you're, you're trying to advertise yeah, yourself, and, the best and, product. And so, I got to a point where I was like, you know what, like, I, my pants are too tight. And also, you know, I'm supposed to also be... I want to make sure that I look good for, the like, the woman I'm with. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to look like a fat piece of shit right. <laughs> next to her. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. So, um, I, I kind of use that attitude as well. But the problem is, is if you're now bettering yourself and you see that your partner is kind of keeping the same habits and they're not... It's just... It, to me, it just seems like it, it eventually gets to a point where just one... One or even both of you guys could give up on each other, but... You just say, oh, yeah, you know, fuck it. I don't, I don't need to go to the gym. Why do I need to go to the gym? Like, he loves right. me for who I am. Well, that's an en- extrinsic goal. You know, an external goal is something, you know, it might give you the short value mm-hmm. uh, and, the, you know, it might motivate you to get to that goal yeah. in the short term. But long term, like you said, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't last. That's, yeah. that's time proven. You yeah, know, and, it, you look at successful people and... And just in general, and this is this is everything in life. It's mm-hmm. not just one thing, um, but working out and aesthetic looks. Yeah, is a oh, huge yeah. one. Yeah, how do you how do you you can't have any confidence? And it's funny too because you know during that whole dad bod craze, it was, <laughs> like a lot of girls were talking about the reason that they like the dad bod is because it they they most I mean just from the stuff I read is most of the girls didn't want to have a super attractive man next to them. Because then it felt made them feel like insecure, like they could lose their guy, you know. It's so weird. And so it wasn't even really, it wasn't even really about physique. It was more of just that mental, like, like that do, that dominance over them. Yeah, was. yeah. I mean, it, it's so, it's sad, man, to to think about how many people in relationships or just relationships in general, not even like sexual. Mm-hmm. We view it as kind of more of a competition oh, rather yeah. than, you know, I. It goes back to the you know people working together kind of thing. It's why are you working together? It's it's so you can be happy. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's at the end of the day you want to be the happiest you you can be. And once you get to the point where you can be like, oh, it's it you know if I'm the best I can be, then this person is motivated yeah. to be a little bit better. Or if I can support them, it's yeah. and motivate them to, to be better. I I think it's it's a, I'm not very religious actually. Uh, I would say I'm not religious at all. Yeah, same. Um, but a lot of things that I've learned just through my own, my own life, and uh, just from pulling from other people that are smarter than me, uh, <laughs> as we should all it, be doing. It's weird because I'll, I'll talk to people about certain things that are very religious. And they're like, "Oh, that's funny that you say that because you know they say it in this psalm or whatever." Um, but one thing that as seems kind of strange to me is. Like, if you look at, like, the suicide rates and all that within the last decade, oh, they've, it, they've gone up. Um, and it, it seems like, especially in affluent um, families where, you know, the father makes a lot of money or the mother makes a lot of money. But 
it's weird because if if in now I would say we're probably the least religious in, country. It, no, not not country, but per what it used to be in history, the United States with you know oh. based off just everybody totally. in the world. Yeah, like we're we've slowly pulled away from religion, um, and it 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 seems to me that the farther we've gotten away from religion, people now just feel helpless. You know, because you know, before you had the you had the church, you had God and everything was bigger than you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you felt sad, it, 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 you weren't the most important person in the world. You know, you knew there was a God, there was somebody that you were praying to, and, you know, you had your, your church community and all that. Someone you could look up to. Yeah. Or just somebody to look for for help. That's right. probably what, the really, what it is. But now it seems like true. everybody's so worried about their own happiness and how important their life is, and everybody has fucking dreams that... For whatever reason, they think people give a shit about. So now, <laughs> when you have like a major c- catastrophe in your life, and the the big the most important person at that time in your life is you, then that's when you feel helpless. Like you don't you don't have anything to turn to for help. Right. And so that's that's what the it seems. Stage to, of growing up, I feel. Yeah. Well, that's just kind of what it seems to me now is just nobody nobody has you know nobody goes to church or anything and when people hit those really hard times where they think that they're God's gift to the world, right? Know, yeah. Then they're like, shit, I'm, I didn't get the job that I was supposed to get or whatever or uh-huh. whatever or that girl love. I mean, why isn't everything perfect the way it's supposed to be? And then you know. Well, that's also. I that's also why there's a correlation with a lot of people having that victim mindset. Oh god. Why is the world happening to me? Don't even get that. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and but I mean that I feel like that kind of ties in. Yeah. No, no. I mean because if you look external, if you look towards a higher thing, you know, mm-hmm. say, "Oh, it happened for a reason." Mm-hmm. You know, and that kind of keeps you moving forward. It, but when people when people look at something happening and they don't have religion or they don't have a source of mm-hmm. fuel, you know, because a source of reli- a religion kind of gives you fuel to live. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and some people have a hard time finding the reason to live. Yeah. You know, like, what is my why? Like, I don't know. Like, and that's that's yeah. a huge problem. And for a lot of people, especially in the past, it was religion. You know, it's uh, like they would they would work to, you exactly, know, yeah. be a good person or blah, blah, blah. But once we started moving away from it, we started looking toward, we, we became way more selfish. Yeah. You know? Oh, no. We've always people been selfish. So selfish. And yourself, I mean, you know people are selfish because... They'll complain about anything. Right. And <laughs> especially in this day and age where we have media platforms and all that stuff. Oh, and yeah. also, people have more of a voice now than they yeah. ever should have had. Yeah. But I mean, I think it also is, this is a huge growing phase for the world because this is the first, yeah, we're getting farther from religion, but we're also getting, we, I think there's a lot of development happening mm-hmm. where there's different sources of fuel yeah. and people are finding an internal why and when when you look at problems happening in the world or or problems happening to yourself mm-hmm. and you're like why is this happening to me why is this happening to me you know when you when you give someone else control then you are helpless yeah and i think that was one of the things caused from religion in in my opinion because you know when you start looking at other other things saying oh it happened because of this oh it happened because of this well, sometimes it just happened because of the choice you made, you know, because of the choice, you know, and sometimes shit just happens, mm-hmm. you know, but... Well, I, I... Yeah, that's true. But once once you're able to accept that, once you're able to actually look at something and say, it, you know, either it happened because I messed up or it happened 
just because they went with something else or yeah. because it just happened, then you could kind of just, you could let it go and you could grow. Mm-hmm. You, you have a choice, you know, no matter what happens to you, you always have a choice how you perceive it. Yeah. You know, how perception you, is a big one. What we were saying in the beginning, it's like one of the reasons why I think you have such a go-getter attitude is because you don't look at something as, oh, this requires work. I don't want to put in work because yeah. it hurts. You know, it causes pain, causes frustration. But no, you change the way you look at something because you're like, oh, I could grow from it. Oh, I could actually, you know, ooh, if I mess up, maybe I can just learn and grow from it. Yeah. Or learn I, from someone else. I don't know if this came from wrestling and that's why I became a good wrestler or if I just had it and that's why I ended up being a good wrestler. But like one big thing with, with wrestling, and it's like the only sport in the world that kind of looks at certain things, but... It's almost like towards the end, the more beat up and broken you were, if at least when I was when when I, that was like my thing, my senior years, like if I dude if I broke my nose and I won this match, how cool would that be? Right. Yeah. Or if like I blew out my rib and I I finished this last takedown to win, like how cool would that? Be? However so many like things every, you overcame. Yeah, it's like however more hurt you can become, and then win, only made it that much more badass. So it's like, dude, if I broke a finger. And then I won this match, and this is my, this is my, the state finals or something. That's so much cooler than if I just won that match, you know. So it's like being hurt, and then persevering through that pain, uh, is kind of how my that's always been my attitude. And so I don't understand this victim mentality because nobody's ever read a single book about anything that wasn't fucking hard. Like nobody reads books about how good people's lives are. People read books like Unbreakable or Invictus, or, like, mm-hmm. things where it's, like, people went through hell and back, and now that's a great story, you mm-hmm. know? Like, the you pain... Have, you have... You need conflict yeah, the, to have resolution. The pain is what makes things interesting, and so this whole victim mentality of boohoo, like, this is so hard, and it's not fair. I mean, seriously, go fuck yourself, because, like, <laughs> a lot... if And that's why companies now, it's... Everybody's... Every company gives kids fucking beanbags and free lunches is because people think that they're so goddamn important that it's more of what can this company do for me mm-hmm. rather than what can I do for this company. I mean, with when it comes to companies and when it comes to like uh, workplace environment mm-hmm. in, in that kind of regard, I think you need to have a little give and take. You need to be able to listen to the people, you know, and, and have that. I I, I I totally agree with you with the victim uh, mindset because I think that that is something... That's been adopted. Oh, yeah. but And so it, it causes a lot of... It, it causes this a stalemate. Because once you get to a point where it's like... You look at something and you say, why isn't it this? Mm-hmm. Then... And you can't look at it any other way. Like, why don't you see the same way that I do? Why don't you think this? Why... Yeah. You know, it's like... That's... You can't go anywhere. It's, it's, it's yeah. like t- trying to tell someone... You know about a fact, but they can't see the facts. Yeah, exactly. In that same you're, not, you're not. You're not. You're not going to win an argument with them if. Yeah. Like. Exactly. They just yeah. choose not to believe. It's like okay. Well, then there's no sense in having a conversation. Like, why are we talking about this? Yeah. And that's. Or or you yeah or you give that's the biggest thing is like you you'll tell somebody like a solid fact is backed by science is backed by data, and they just refuse to believe it. Right. Then at that point, then you just like you got to stop talking to them. Yeah. Because it you're not gonna you're not gonna convince them. All of a sudden, it's going to become what everything is now. It's going to become an emotional argument where people where that, people want to argue with emotions rather than is, facts. And that is like, the dinger, dude. Yeah. That, that is literally, I think, you need to... 
if you have a high emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. it could get you very far because you can understand people's thoughts. You can understand why you feel certain things. Yeah. But if you start attacking things with your own emotions, yeah. then you, you, then don't, you, win. you don't have a conscience. You don't have, you don't have a pro and con. You don't have a uh, even keel. But it's, not that. Emotions have never done anything beneficial to any, anything ever. Like, I mean, emotion- there's, there's a reason why we have it. Like, it's power. It's, it creates power. Like, babies... Um, living in fear of not having hunger, they let their parents know when they're hungry. You know, it's like that's what our emotions were kind of brought in to do. You yeah, know, that's guess, the biological function. Because vocalizing know? him yeah. made everybody seem like bitches. Yeah, it's it's something, it's something that we need to be able to play with. We need to be able to understand our emotions, and. You sound like a dangerous ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Emotions need to be something that you play with. No, 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 definitely not. No, it's something, something that, that you play with yourself. Yeah. It's something that you, it's, it's all internal. If yeah. you try and play with other people's emotions, then you're manipulating yeah, and you're, and yeah. you're uh, you know, like a fear monger or you can, mm-hmm. you know, make people bend to your will and that's not true devotion to something. No. And that's, and on, not to bring it up again, but that's one of the problems that I have mm-hmm. with religion because it, and even politics, and I don't want to get into politics, but I hate both sides mm. because they, they prey on people's weaknesses. They prey on this, this either fear or love. You know, it's either or, and they're, and they're going towards, and they pull people yeah. to whatever. So it's not, it's not a, a basis of fact like you said. You know, they're not looking at things like, oh, sometimes this idea is really good, and sometimes this idea is really bad, you know, and, and sometimes vice versa. It's they look at, oh, this these people get me. They understand me, so I'm gonna go with that. Yeah. And you know, and, and both sides are very guilty of doing this, and I think that creates this divide. It creates tribalism. And that's something that we hear so much about yeah. nowadays, which we need to hear more about. What do you What do you mean by tribalism? Because some of our listeners well, might not understand. Just people that. were. I mean, you just become you. You start backing, like tribalism. Tribalism is uh, easy to observe on like a uh, like at a high school, like you have the different cliques that hang out, and it's you you find comfort with those people. So like either you'll be like your sports team, or like you know the book club or something. I mean you you develop a clique. That yeah. You, your comfort and, zone. And tribalism is dangerous too because a lot of people in the military and all that, or uh, like when the Italians were coming over here, they formed their their tight communities. They formed the mafias. And, um, what happens is once you have that, that connection with somebody like that, that's, that's when law kind of starts breaking down is because now, you know, you, you have a bond with somebody where it's like, oh yeah, if, if anybody messes with him, like I got your back, like you, it, but it's through this, this connection and no matter it's, what, it's through like identifying wrong. yourself with these people based off of similar beliefs or whatever. Yeah. That's kind of what forms this tribalistic mindset and that's why and, it's always us against them yeah you know, rather than um and and the way i look at it is like yeah and you're when you're in high school i understand you go to your comfort zone and you need your friends but like i mean there's nowhere more tribalistic than than a uh, than a high school you know especially with all the hormones going on like oh God, the boys yeah. the girls the different groups like they're and i mean honestly like anybody that messes up in high school you know you're afraid of getting made fun of for this and so like, high school is very, very almost caveman-like in terms of oh, emotions. Totally. Like, it's, 
and you that's, see the that's ancient. From, yeah, and that's that's before anybody has real understand as you're saying emotional control. Like they don't really know what they're feeling. So once you become an there's there's different clicks and stuff at work, but totally. in terms of being like raw, you know, diff, strange time where you have all sorts of stuff going on with you. Yeah, you bind with people that you're the most closest to, and those are the ones where you know. So oh, this kid called called you a name, so you. You go and beat the shit out of them, you know. <laughs> right, right, so it's right. Like that, that, that attitude is. And that's some, but that's kind of what's what's fallen into politics. Um, yeah, which has become strange. Where I mean, it's always been a thing. And yeah, I think I think the next stage of life will be looking at it from a we perspective, you know. And and there's always going to be conflict. So. There's yeah. always there's gonna always going to be conflict because, but it takes that emotional intellect. People are fucking crazy, but I mean well, yes. it, it's. And you saw just how ridiculous it was. I, so at that time, when when Trump was elected, I was dating uh, an El Salvadorian girl, but mm-hmm. she was U.S. citizen. Her mother was from the United States, mm-hmm. um, so she had she was no green card or anything. She was a U.S. citizen, mm-hmm. and uh, she got elected. I did. I didn't vote in that election. I have I've never voted, um, but your I really clean. huh? I said your hands are clean. Yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> I it didn't was, really care. It was like, <laughs> yeah. No, I totally like, get you. I mean, didn't really want Hillary to win, but I didn't also really want Trump to win at that time too. It was more of if anybody's seen Clinton Cash, it's a documentary on the Clintons. They're very corrupt. So it was more of Hillary. It's called Clinton Cash. Clinton Cash. Yeah, it's Clinton got Cash. their their organization and you know all sorts of bribes that they would take through their charity. Their charity. Where can you watch them? I think you can actually watch it on YouTube. Oh, cool. But you can, uh, you can get it just about anywhere. But yeah, I haven't heard that one. I, it I wasn't even listen. Trump winning. It was Hillary losing. That's that's why he won. Because people totally. didn't want Hillary to win. Yeah, yeah. No, and totally. everybody wants to get behind that how... how Corrupt. Not corrupt, just how unfair it is to be a woman. Because look, a guy with no political power... That's not what happened. She, I know, Not yeah. really a good person. You, you, I understand but, the, the argument, yeah, but I... Yeah, it, it's, you it's gotta look there. At, you gotta look you gotta at the, the whole facts, story yeah. there. Um, oh, God. So... Uh, but anyways, U.S. citizen, and she, when when it was announced that Trump won, she came home crying. She was like, "I'm gonna get deported and all that." I'm like, "Are you fucking like? Are you crazy? That's li- it's not like all of a sudden he's gonna call in the military and they're gonna start throwing people. It's mm-hmm. things are gonna change, yes, but it's not gonna be overnight, and you're definitely not gonna be one that's gonna anything's gonna happen to you. Yeah. So people have gotten. During that time, you know, there are people rioting, burning stuff, break, like breaking things. It's like, that is not going to do anything. So that's that, that whole, that's what I'm saying, tribalism. It's like, now they're working off of these emotions and now it's a party that's like aggressively against another. And it just doesn't make any sense. And it, it destroys all educated conversations. Like you, you and I were just talking about, you can't have conversations now with people that are so tied up in their own emotions. Uh. It, I mean, you'll you'll never make progress if if decisions are made off of emotion. Yeah, you can't make progress because there's no logic going into it. Yeah, it's all emotional. Yeah. and our emotions. Revenge are or anything, Shakespeare said, revenge is a meal best served cold, and it you have to make tactical decisions. It doesn't have to be bad or whatever, good ones. But anyways, they have to be made with no emotions involved. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not saying human beings need to be machines. There is a fine balance between having passion behind something mm-hmm. and then just being like pretty much an anarchist and doing whatever you can in order to get whatever your idea is forced onto people. You can't force an idea onto yeah. people. It's, I, I mean, one of my biggest 
you know, beliefs is just balance is always going to be key. You know, you can't, when you, when you sway so much to a side, you lose the potential to understand yeah. the benefits of another side. Well, I, I think know? balance is key, right? And, and uh, that's the same. I, we were talking before the podcast about art and science, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, yeah. and it's not a, like when, when, when you fund just science, math, and you cut, you know, sports, athletics, which I will definitely argue is a form of creative creativity and mm-hmm. art, um, as well as other art forms, you know, then you're, you're missing out on so much potential. Yeah. Fuel. Cause what you said over this entire podcast, what I, I noticed as a constant theme is wrestling oh, yeah. and inspired how you think, Oh, definitely. you know, and, which is, which is pretty insane. I remember I, I knew you before you did wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember you were kind of on the fence about wrestling and, yeah. you know, once you did that, that change, you know, you know, it's just domino effect of, yeah. of you it's know. Def- it's, def- it's definitely changed my life, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, what, what were you, you're saying, uh... Balance is key. It, balance is key. And balance, it, yeah, it is key. But another thing you were talking about earlier is just emotional att- intelligence. And, um, I, the, do you know who Jocko Willink is? Yeah. 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 He's, he's a genius on... I don't know if how he how he actually speaks on his podcast and when he's talking about certain things and giving people advice. If that's really how he, because he thinks in such a way that, like for instance, he's talking about his I think is his book Extreme Ownership. And yeah, that's he's talking about. You know, somebody asked him, "Oh, how do you how do you get your manager to read Extreme Ownership?" You know, because you can't just push that book on your manager say, hey, right, right. You, sh- you should read this. You, you know, should take ownership. Yeah, because <laughs> you're. Dick. It's almost like. You're telling your manager he's an idiot and he needs to read this book. But the way he was saying is like, okay, what I suggest you do is get the book and go in and say, hey, you know, I I read this book and I thought it was really helpful. And I'm wondering if maybe you could read it and let me know if if I'm picking up some of the the principles in this book. So he has like such a... Extreme ownership. (laughs) But he has like a... I don't want to say manipulation, even though it is, because he is... Like, remember in Inception when he's talking about elephant, and then you ask him, oh, okay, what are you thinking about? Oh, you're thinking of elephants. So he is kind of manipulating in a way, but he does it in such, like, a tactful... And if if people are listening that don't know who Jocko Willink is, he's an ex-Navy SEAL. He was a part of Task Force Bruiser. He was the first... uh, He was the first unit in Ramadi um, during the war in Iraq. Um, what was Ramadi? Uh, it's like one of I, I, I don't know. It's it's a it's a city in Iraq. Oh, okay. Um, and he he was the first unit to go in, uh, with Task Force Bruiser, as oh, a SEAL okay. team. Um, but he has such a tactful mind. He probably gets it through the military. Well, he was also, he was also uh, he was also he already had that mindset too going in. That's. I was saying before, if I don't know, was he a commander? Was he a general or something? He was a commander. He, he was high up, and then after that, he came in and he was actually running SEAL teams through training at, at, at Coronado. One of the first things I heard him on was a TED talk about extreme ownership. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. uses, and I, I highly recommend anybody oh, yeah. go to YouTube. It, 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 honestly, he's, he's, I've gotten a lot of ideas from him and, and Jordan Peterson. Yeah, uh, I, I think they're both. A lot of people talk about analytical and 
deep emotional it, intellect. But, yeah, but also just the, a lot of concepts that that bring across um, that most people don't have access to mentors, good mentors. I, I was fortunate in, luckily through wrestling, that I had two really good coaches uh, and then a few family friends that have kind of helped me out a lot just in development to being a young adult. Mm-hmm. Um, but not a lot of people have access to good mentors, you know, so especially, I don't know how you're growing up. The environment, yeah. what environment you're in. All your friends might be losers in high school or something. They all might be doing drugs. Yep, and you don't uh, even know. Yeah, and so listening to people like Jordan Peterson and Jocko Willink is a good way of getting, I think, solid foundation. A lot of people think of them as extremists, but you don't... I, don't, I mean, that's just an opinion on on how you want to view certain... But, I mean, I, I see I see way more balance. You know, you could, oh, see, yeah. you could see extreme thoughts, but it's it's extreme balance. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> the, way that I, the way that I see a lot of their, their beliefs. You know, when you hear it offhand, you know, or when you hear it the first time through, you might hear something of what they're saying. But, I, I, you know, I promise you, if you take a step back from, from just the emotional response that you feel, you know, then I feel like you could really digest everything they're saying and it takes time it's, it's you can't just dive deep into these deep concepts yeah you got it you got to just be open my, always be open my big thing is when you're listening like how could you argue with a guy's approach to something Jocko willing when one of when his, his new york bestseller is called extreme ownership yeah <laughs> like how how could you ever say no no he, he has bad ideas when he when he pretty much says hey if you messed up be the first person to tell everyone that you messed up. Yeah. And then also, if you did something good, you could be the first person telling somebody, telling people that you did something good. Like, but you have to own the goods and the bads. Exactly. Which Everything is, good like, and bad that happened in your life yeah, is not you because have to of own it. an external thing. Yeah. It's you. And so, that's what I was saying earlier. That's that's what yeah. I was trying to say. It's all about that. Yeah, exactly. You, you, have to, you have to assume full responsibility for things. And so, I mean, I, I don't see how you could argue with that. He's pushing an idea like that, even though it's pretty extreme. How could you say that that that's bad? I mean, a lot of things that Jordan Peterson talk about. People want to say that he's hardcore Republican, even though if you actually look at his his ideas, he's very he's very liberal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he pushes a lot of like family values and taking responsibility, stuff like that. I mean, I don't know how you can argue. And because I'll, I'll, you know, I try to open my mind to other people and I'll listen to people that really hardcore left and it's just like they're, they're pushing just victim mentality pretty yeah. much saying that everything is not your fault mm-hmm. and I, I mean I, I don't think that's a good way to live your life if I don't think it'll be beneficial to you no, in the success it, of anything it, it might help when you're young and it will not even help it's more of yeah I'm young Baby stuff hasn't fan. been easy people haven't given me stuff why, why can't I get things and it's because oh it's not your fault it's because you know it, whatever ethnicity you are, the society's been beating you down and that's why you're there. So it's like, it, if, if you really have that approach, I think you're going to be in a, a tough situation. There's always going to be, there's always mistreatment. There's always judgment. Oh, yeah. There's always, you know, just because you say that this is the reason why this happened, you know, sometimes it is, but what can you do by saying it's because of this? Yeah. There's absolutely nothing. The you only can reason do. I didn't get that job is because they weren't hiring you know my my race. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's or, like a poor way of looking at anything. Yeah, yeah. You you, you gotta look at yourself as an individual. We yeah. are not we are not based off of uh, you know. Maybe you didn't get that job because you don't have the qualifications. It has nothing to do mm-hmm. with your skin color or anything. You know, and let's say, 
you know, it does happen that someone picks you because of your race. Because, like, back in the 20s, you know, you saw, you know, no Jews, you know, when they had the help wanted mm-hmm. sign or no Italians, you know, if you were, you know, anything like that. Yeah, these things happen. It totally happens. And life is fucking hard. Yeah. It's not supposed to be easy. It isn't. But it is worth it. It's you the know? pursuit of happiness. Everybody thinks they're guaranteed it now. Yeah. No, it, it takes a lot of work. And, you know, you might be doing the thing things right. But and it takes not and it's not everything's going your way. Yeah, I look at I look at life a lot like sales. You know, it's like it's it's a numbers game. You you're gonna fail more times than you succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's that is a great thing because it gets you hard into the idea of what failure feels like. And you know, I I talked to my parents, um, you know, like a year ago or something, right after I was finishing college, and uh, I they were like, well, yeah, if you go down this path, you know, you might be good, you know, and they they're going at it from a place of comfort. They're going at or, yeah. or a place Every, of support. They want you to be happy, true. which quote unquote means you can support yourself. You can do this, you know, which is it, their own idea, and I, that's totally yeah, fine. I one hundred percent agree with that. There's but what I what my response was is, this is the time where I get to fail as often as possible. Yeah, because there's not the financial repercussions or that. The amount of time you have to reset mm-hmm. is you have more more play there. You know, if you're exactly. fifty and you're trying to With make a, a big change, then you can't really make a big change. It's very difficult because yeah, now you got a house you got to pay for. Yeah, kids, you got to put through college. Yeah. You have you have food. You dug yourself very yeah. deep in some some place no, out of all of this that, kind of numbing. It's, it's funny that you said because that that's the exact same thing I was telling some of the kids I was helping coach. I was like, hey, for but, wrestling. Yeah, for oh, oh I, was, I was helping them coach wrestling, and I was telling them like, hey. Your parents love you very much, and they want the thing that is going to be the easiest for your life and the less stress on them. Because mm-hmm. also think about that, too. Your parents, they're, they're going to worry about you until you die. Also, like, parents no, are sorry, selfish. They're going wor- to worry about you until they're dead. Like, right. The ent- every day they wake up, they're probably, okay, I hope, hope, hope Jesse's okay. You know? right. And so they want you to get into that nice, cushy job. But also, you know, you also got to look at it. You know, they look at you as an extension of them, you know, in some, in some regards, you know. Every parent is different. Yeah. But, some, some parents are super but, weird about, oh, you don't dishonor our name. Oh, how, yeah. How dare you get into music but what or I'm whatever saying is, or something what I'm, like that. What I'm saying is our parents, not even our parents, some parents, mm-hmm. they, uh, they make their parenting choices off of their failures. Yeah. And that's definitely. something. That's why everybody goes to college, you know. Yeah. And that's something that. You know, if if there are any parents listening, um, I, w- I would strongly urge you to take a step back from that because when you do that, you're instilling the same fears that you have in a, a mind that has um, not been shaped to that. Mm. And you have, your child has a lot of potential in whatever road they want to do. I think the most important thing is auth- like being, being, living life with intent Yeah, and having, having a belief in yourself, it doesn't have. It could be God. It could be. It could be in in your work. It could be in your creative passion, but let them find that mm-hmm. without you using your failures to 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 guide them. Because sometimes you could say you could say don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and they'll still do it. Yeah. Because you need to. We need to learn by ourselves, yeah. especially if you're a parent telling your kid. Because kids don't want to listen to an authoritative it, figure. It, it's super funny that you say that because I, I traded stocks uh, like a day traded. Um, for a few months, I actually stopped working to do that. It was very difficult. Didn't work out. Lost more money than I made. But it happens. The uh, the funny thing about it is, when you have a fear in your mind, for for instance, if you're trading stocks, losing money, 
the more you worry about losing money, the more money you'll lose. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's like I, negative self-talk. I forget what it's called. There's, it's actually a, it has a saying, but or not a saying, but there's a theory, a theory. behind it. But um, the more you focus on a, a certain fear, the more likely you are to make that fear come about. Um, so like it, for instance, if you're trading stocks, there's, well, there's a, a few ways of trading. Uh, um, there's a few ways of trading. A lot of people now trade off of chart patterns. And so the way a chart pattern works, it like works trends. Uh, so there's candlestick charts. It's, it's, uh, it's just, a, it's a way the data is displayed. And so people will trade based off of if, you know, it's a certain pattern, whether it's like, uh, you know, a double top or a triple top or, you know, so they'll buy at these certain levels. And so what happens is you'll have a pattern It's based off statistics. So the more you trade that same pattern, you don't know how often you, you back tested it. So, you know, it wins about 60% of the time. You don't know when it's going to win. You don't know when it's going to lose. But you have to be very confident in the pattern and always trade it every time you see it. But the problem is, is if you're focused on money and not losing it, what will happen is that pattern will come about, you'll trade it, you'll lose. And so the pattern will come again and you say, you know what? I just kind of lost a lot that last time I did it. I'm not going to trade into this one. So you don't trade it. And that's the one that would have made all your money back. And so the next time it comes around again, you're like, fuck, I just... I could have made all my money, so the next time that pattern comes around again, you go, okay, okay, I'm gonna trade it. I'm I'm gonna go big this time because I didn't go big or I didn't trade how I was gonna trade the last time. So I'm gonna go big now to make back my money. So now you put in more money than you would have usually traded, and it takes a little dip and you freak out. You sell it really quick before you even gave it any time to develop, and once again it ramps back up and it just shook you out. So. Right. It this this fee, and this is actually when I, I really started uh, thinking that's when I was in college. I thought psychology was a complete joke. Uh, I didn't believe it. Uh, why? Why was that? I don't know. It just always seemed like the easy degree that everybody took, and I, I just thought I was like, no way, somebody can understand the human mind. Like it's too it's complex. complex. Yeah, it's just it's bullshit. Right. Um, but then actually through trading, I realized that how how much how much mental like how, how much everything you do in life is so based around your mental approach to things. Oh my God. Um, it starts in your brain. Oh yeah. It's crazy. And, I would do the same thing with training. And, like, oh, it's funny because in wrestling, that's what I was telling my kids too, uh, that I, that I help, help coach wrestling. Now, when I was in high school, it was, I never even thought about anything mental. Like my thing was just to go out there and go as hard as fuck. And my, my goal was just to break everybody. And so I go out and bang away as hard as I can for six minutes straight, never let up. And I just didn't think about anything. And then once I got to college and wrestling became more of a job and I didn't like it as much. And then I started trading. That's when I realized that your mind, because in wrestling, I was able to just push through the physical part. Like when I'd see people breaking, I could, I was like, oh fuck, I got him now. Like I got him on the rope. I'm going to run this motherfucker down. Did you and I would. Hear- Huh? Did, did you ever like have a fear or something of losing or anything? Like, did you no, have that my, thought? my, honestly, my thing was like, I just, like, I was a complete animal in high school and I just wanted to like literally just break everybody. That's all. My goal was to get to the third wrestling works off three periods, first periods, uh, two minutes actually in high, 
Yeah, first period's two minutes. Second period's two minutes. Third period's two minutes. So most of my wins happen in the third period because that's when I just put the pedal on the metal. You could look people in the eyes. You could see them breaking. Mm-hmm. And you know, okay, this is I'm just going to go hard as fuck now and he's not going to be able to hold on. And that's when I win all my matches. Um, that's so interesting. But once once you get to trading where there's no more physical push, you can't see. You can't see when the breaking point's happening. And now it's just a constant mind battle. And that's when I actually realized that, you know what, psychology is actually pretty pretty amazing and um, understanding kind of how you work. I is. think, to go back, it's kind of, it's a fascinating thing. I, I, I also really support physical, um, overcoming something physical. Mm-hmm. For some people, like me, me in particular too, is a lot easier than overcoming something mental. Yeah, it is. It's, it's so much easier. And, and, and that's, you have a that, tangible goal. You have a tangible thing to overcome. It, mental mentality or mental thoughts. I don't even know how to explain it, but yeah, you're you're right. I I've always thought physical stuff was easier, and that's why for a long time. And I'm still kind of working on. It. I still don't quite know how to do it yet in the work environment. But my coaches in college are like, "Hey, you just take that same attitude in sports, and you just put it in." That's what everybody says. Oh, you take that same attitude in sports, and you yeah. put it in the work. But it's like so hard to go from physical, the physical attitude to uh, a work environment attitude where you're not actually doing anything physical. It's all in your mind and keeping that same mental conditioning when you don't have like the, you know, the five, six mile runs to back it with, you know, it's, it's weird applying that same attitude because you, you, you feel like you kind of start getting dull because it's. It's right. the physical stuff that keeps your mind sharp, but then once you get to working, you're not, you know, you're not working out two, three hours every day. And so it's kind of hard to keep that same mental edge I in the there, work environment. There's transferability, I feel, uh, oh, between yeah. physical and mental. Like, you see David Goggins. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, which, you know... Complete people, beast. Yeah, for people who don't know, you know, he started off awesome with beast, a lot yeah. of with a lot of nothing, you know, a lot oh. of, like, reject, a lot of failure. Like, 300 pounds? Yeah, well, also, even as his youth, you know, oh, he yeah. used, yeah. he saw a lot of failures, you know, he wasn't in a supportive environment, let's say. Yeah. Um, but he got into the military, he failed the first couple times, Yeah. and he was, like you said, 300 pounds, and eventually lost it to get to it. He finds his why, or he found his why, you know, and, and he got into it, but it, he constantly kept pushing through physical pain mm-hmm. you know to develop mental strength yeah you know and, and it's kind of like that there's an even trade-off when it comes to that and there's there's something that comes from a, um there's something that comes from constant physical stress a uh, stress yeah. in general but stress yeah stress it's easier physically in, in, yeah. my, in my opinion because you know you could you could you could run into the same walls men- mental mentality wise but those are very hard to overcome. Like yeah. psychology is one of those things that people don't know much about. It's no. not a, it's not a, a specific science for a reason. Like it's so hard to create change in your mind, mm-hmm. you know, and to envision that it takes constant, constant work. No, I think def- people definitely need to start. When I broke with my last girlfriend, I started doing a lot of like soul searching. And uh, it's funny to say that because if I were to, thought that in high school I thought of if I were to say those words in high school I thought it would have been the biggest pussy I know right yeah but um you find a balance I, I, with your senses I started itself. doing a lot of soul searching and um you, you gotta kind of fix yourself before you could do anything with anyone else uh, and a lot of people do this in relationships too 
where they think that being with another person is going to fix them. Like, oh, mm. I like this girl because she's calm, and so maybe she'll help me with my anger. Or I like this girl because, you know, X plus Y. You know, all, all this stuff in order, a way to fix your own inability to fix yourself. And so you start looking at other people in order to do it for you because you're too weak to do it yourself. Um, and one of my friends told me when I was in college after I, I broke up with this girl, and, uh, you know, he said, hey, you can't, you can't love others in, until you love yourself. Oh, God, yeah. And it's funny because apparently that's something they teach in church. But uh, anyways, so that's, that's kind of something that I've learned is you, you got to look at yourself and admit that, yeah, I fucked up. Um, don't ever beat yourself. A lot of, like, I, I go on nine gag all the time. What's it, that? It's like Reddit. Oh, okay. Um, there's another one of those? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a little different than Reddit. It doesn't go off threads really. It's just like pictures and memes and shit. Oh, okay. But every time you see people like, oh, I'm the biggest fucking idiot. Like posting stuff where they're just. Trying to get gratification? No, it's just like they're, they, like, I, I, I've done a few things where I'm like, oh, you fucking idiot. Why would you do that? But I think these, we all have. Yeah, but these are like retrospective and like kind of like for instance, one time I crashed my car because <laughs> I was driving. I was driving to uh, <laughs> I was going to my friend's house and I was driving with flip flops and there was a uh, like a corner market like three blocks away from my house. Usually every time I get in the the car to drive, I take my flip flops off right away. Um, but I was like, oh, it's right down the street. We'll just keep them on. Mm-hmm. So I drove and I was pulling up to the stop and I just brain farted, dude. <laughs> and I, I was pulling, I, I don't know what happened. I don't, I thought, I guess I just thought the car stopped, but I pulled into the parking spot and there was a wall right in front of it and brain farted. And also I'm like, Oh shit, I'm still moving. But then I tried to pull my foot up and it was because my flip flop was on. It was stuck underneath the, 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 uh, brake. So I was like, Oh fuck. That. I'm always scared <laughs> about that dude. And I hit the wall oh, and I, I dented my, my, you know, fucked my hood up. Um, <laughs> At least it was just you. <laughs> I, know, it, I mean, I was going. I was only going like five miles an hour, right, but right, still, right. still, like at that time, I was like, "Oh, you fucking!" And I had a Mercedes, so I was like, "Oh, you fucking idiot! Why right. would you do that?" Like, so for the whole, for the whole like three days, I was just thinking like, "Oh, dude!" But that's pretty much the only time I've actually really, and and then in high school when I fuck up and get grounded for a week or something like that. But right. but other than that, like on a day to day basis, I never have a negative thought about myself. You know. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of people on nine gag, all they ever do is just pity about themselves and, you know, Oh, I'm such a fucking idiot. Like you can't, you can't think about that cause it's not healthy and it's not doing, what is it going to do? Yeah. It's not a benefit to anything. Like talk, how, how do you expect to get a girlfriend or be in a serious relationship or a good healthy marriage if all day you're just shitting all over yourself? Like it's, it's going to roll off. Yeah. I think it's a learned thing, I, I, I feel. And what? this is something that, again, that I feel like parents have a lot of power over, or just environment, you know, but since you hang out know. with your parents a lot. I, well, think of it like, if you're always, if you live in a surrounding where all you hear is, oh, oh this sucks, no, oh, well, life sucks. Well, you didn't grow up in my household. My dad is probably one of the most negative people I've ever been around in my entire life. Yeah. And actually... I moved back for a little bit after I, I came down here, mm-hmm. and I, I could only stand it for about like a month and a half, and then I just, on a Friday, I was like, I'm, I, I can't fucking I just moved out. Um, How was it growing up with that? Very difficult. Um, but it's, it's funny, because if, as you're talking about perspective, like if you have a, if you, if there's a father and he has two sons, 
You know, and the father's a hardcore alcoholic. Every single day he drinks until he passes out. The one son could look at him and, uh, you know, you look at that kid when he grows up and he becomes a hardcore alcoholic because he's like, you know, this is the only life I know. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this is how my dad was. This is how I am. But then you look at the other son, doing great, doesn't drink, doesn't do anything. And because he, he looks at his father and he says, that's the only life I know. I didn't want that. So that's, that's one thing that's really difficult with kids. And I, I don't know if you could ever, that's why I'm kind of scared to have kids is, uh, you can't, you can't like, you can't make that approach. Like you could give them all the tools and the foundations to be good and be healthy and view themselves. Oh, you know, if, if it's a loving family. The lifestyle happens. Yeah, but but it's not that. It's just their their own fucked up mind looks at stuff in a way that doesn't provide any benefit to their life. And I, I don't know how you get that. I don't really know how well, I've gotten that. Well, um, even you said, I mean, I, I don't, you know, like you said, your dad was a very negative thing. Oh, but yeah. Also, one of your kind of core foundations from just hearing you talk mm-hmm. and also just knowing you, you know, I think having the people the the coaches the the yeah good mentor that's true and that is environment that is a product just because your family doesn't mean just because your parents yeah but also they have the most time with you yeah but that's true though i mean if like they say that you know you you become like the four people you've spent your most the most of your life with or something like that i can't can't believe that but I, i mean i could i could see why in general because you're just moldable. We are moldable minds. We grow by our yeah, especially at the young age. Yeah. Yeah, and and you can again, perception is key. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean. But how do you teach perception? It's I don't think that's something that could really be taught because. I think teaching extreme ownership. Yeah, but how? how yeah, there's extreme ownership, but how, so there's extreme ownership, but then there's the like. There's the extreme ownership. But that's just words that some guy said. Like right, I, yeah, what does it mean to how you? Do you? How do you believe it? Like if, if oh, some guy says, oh, you, you know, you got you to gotta start owning up to your mistakes. Well, yeah, but I was also with this guy for 18 years mm-hmm. that called me like a pussy and, you know, all sorts of shit. Right. So just because some other guy said you need to own up to things, like that's not going to, that's not going to change. So it's, you got to kind of have this, this attitude of. Well, from. I think that's where the benefit of emotion comes in. I think that's when, you know, you know, you were, you were saying like the point of emotion, Mm -hmm. you know, what did it stem from, you know, and I'm just using us as an example because it's the easiest thing to use. Mm -hmm. But when you find an emotional attachment, like when I found music or when I found health, sports, wrestling, um, it, it gave me an important why and it gave me an important foundation. It kind of, it kind of, it made me see through a lot of other bullshit, mm-hmm. a lot of other self-doubt. Because you, you know, I, I really admire a lot of your thinking, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because you didn't look at a lot, you, you didn't have a lot of fear. You didn't have a lot of, uh, of that in your life. Um, you know, and maybe you had like pros and cons in other ways. But one of my biggest thing was I feel like I grew up with a lot of internal sensitivity, you know, and I, I didn't realize why the world was mean at times. Mm-hmm. And I went, I went through a lot of depression. You know, and, and it got, you know, it, it, I was one of those people that was like self-sorry, you know, it's like, why is this happening to me? Yeah. Because I was too young to realize that, you know, this is life. Life requires you to have, you know, to fight through. And when I found, 
there was, I don't, I don't know what the actual moment was where I actually transformed it, but there was this, this turning point of just like, why the fuck am I feeling this way? Like, why, mm-hmm. like, this is, this is in my own brain and this is an 11 year old that was like thinking this. So it's not, you, you don't know what you're thinking. Yeah. You have no idea, you know, but when I, through growing up and stuff, I realized that these passions that I had kind of made me see through a lot of bullshit. You know, humor even helped me see through a lot of bullshit because yeah. I was able to... Well, I mean, that's why you look at comedians and they're usually the right. saddest people Yeah, yeah, and that's, and that's just how it it's happens. It's a coping mechanism. It's totally a coping mechanism. But getting through... I, I think the finding anchors in your life, you know how, how an inception, you know, to bring it up more and more... Um, they had uh they had their anchor, you know, like a little dreidel that they would yeah. spin to hold on to reality, you know, and I think that our creative outlook or our creative um, things that we hold close uh, are the things that keep that foundation, that keep that groundwork, so you can push through the bullshit, you know, so you can through that, and 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 from your from what you, I've heard you say, it's like that wrestling, you know, it's like it. You know what, what, whatever it was, you had, you found this why that you found like, oh, I can, you know, I can push through pain to get to X, you know, X to to get to what to Y, you know, and I think I I had the same thing, you know, it's like, but you have to go through that shit, yeah, you know, and and when you have a negative environment, yeah, that's a lot of stimulus in a negative direction, mm-hmm. but once you have that positive influence, or it could be a someone, it could be a something. Um, but once it gives you that feeling internally, that makes it real and an anchor that you can hold on to. So you can constantly push through that bullshit. Yeah. You know, that life throws your way and you constantly grow until that's a part of you. You know, and I think you and I can both find things. You know, I, I of course, wrestling was a big thing for me of pushing through pain. But also when I found music and health, you know, and when I felt, oh my God, I feel so much better when I do this. Mm-hmm. When I switch my diet to this, I feel... You know, or when I switch my lifestyle to this, I feel just a better human being. Yeah. And that was kind of like a, a snowball effect of just... But that, that, that's a positive thing. So some people turn to drugs in order to get Exactly. And, 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 it's, and it's environmental in some ways, you know. It's like if you're around these people that self-dose mm-hmm. with these outlooks, you know, you found this wrestling pursuit, you know, and that started a whole different addiction, you know. Yeah. You know, and... and, and, and to be honest, so I stepped away from wrestling my... My junior year in college, and I didn't even start doing it again until this year. So, that whole soul searching time and all that. So, one reason I got into fasting is uh, after I broke up with, I was with her for like three years. We were living together, you know, and the our relationship was becoming very toxic. Uh, it was toxic from pretty much the very beginning, and. Uh, How so? If you don't mind me asking. She was she was the kind of person that was very similar to how my father was when I was growing up, even now, but just says like fucked up stuff. Um, and so what I told myself is like, you know, I'm never going to, I never want to talk to my significant other in a derogatory way, especially if I'm at, I was at a point in my, well, I'm still at a point in my life where I'm, you know, I've been with enough girls, I've done enough stuff where I don't need to fuck around anymore, you know, so I'm looking for a wife, I'm looking for a girl I want to spend the rest of my life with, and if I'm going to be with a girl that I'm going to be spending the rest of my life with, I don't want to be talking to her in any way derogatory because I know eventually we're probably going to have kids and I don't want kids to grow up in an environment where their father is, you know, calling their, their mother right. negative things. Yeah. Um, it's, but, how you, it's how you learn relationships. 
Uh-huh. Both it, parenting, you know, it, it, you see the opposite sex, you know, communicating. Yeah. You know, and if you grow up in that environment of this is how people and, talk. And it's funny because, so, well, the way she was is she's from El Salvador and in her family, they'd say anything during arguments to just to win an argument. So if you're with a girl, you're, you're especially somebody that you, you look to spend the rest of your life with, you become very vulnerable, you expose things to them, you tell them stuff, like your deepest feelings. Yep. And uh, in the end, like we'd get in arguments and she'd say fucked up stuff. And uh, it just got to a point where I was like, you know what? And what kept it going on is how much my parents really liked her. And my parents don't like my brother's wife. They still don't really. And they didn't like my other girlfriends, but they really like her. And they even still to this day talk about her. Um, like, oh, she's great. How's she doing? But I was this. I kept this relationship going much longer than I probably should have because, you know, the, I liked her. I liked her parents. Her, my parents loved her. So I was, you know, I just kept it going. It makes them happy. Yeah, but it, keep it going. But eventually, it just got to the point where, like, where uh, I said, you know, hey, my parents see her one percent of the time of the year. I'm with her with the other 99% yeah, of the time, right, you know? right, right, right. So eventually you also have to have that little realization. Well, you and can't live for your parents' happiness. That's exactly. Sure. And so uh, it just got to a point where I was like, you know what? It's, 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 this isn't healthy. I don't want to be around this anymore. So I cut that off. Um, and during that time, that's when I wasn't wrestling or anything. And I started fasting because I said, you know what? I don't want to drink. I don't want to do anything like that. Um, in order to cope with it, because I felt like that seemed weak. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started fasting and I started working out again. So I got in really good shape, um, and that's 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 kind of just how I dealt with it. Um, I don't know. That, that's kind of like a a variation, I guess, of using alcohol. But the fasting, honestly, out of all the diets I've ever done, that's and I still do it now. It's it's probably one of the most beneficial things. Uh, for my mind and my body, like, and going back all the way to the very beginning of this whole thing, how we were talking about, uh, uh, natural, I think fasting is as natural as it could, as you could make anything, like, human beings, back when they were cavemen, they wouldn't have three meals a day, every single day, you know, they'd have berries this day, or they'd go two or three days without eating, and they'd eat a bunch of food after they killed something. They didn't have refrigerators. Yeah, they didn't have refrigerators, they didn't have anything, they didn't have, and so... I feel like your body is much more geared towards that, and it's funny because if you tell people that you're fasting, it's like the first thing they think about is, "Oh, you're unhealthy." Like that's not you have to have breakfast. Mm-hmm. You have to have lunch. Breakfast have... is one of the yeah. weirdest things for me. Like, well, breakfast is that's that's a like, big marketing thing. It was that, one of the a, biggest meals of the day. The yeah, most important that's exactly. Meal of the day, they you know, still say it that. literally it's not, started from it's, advertising. It's marketing. It's not even an important meal. Like it's yeah. So this whole. Uh, I mean, that's why you look at the freaking obesity rates now. Everybody's fat asses. It's become almost... It's it's funny, too, because you see somebody smoking, and everybody has the balls to go up and say, oh, you should stop doing that, even if they're strangers. Oh, my kids are here. You're smoking. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what about all the you know, the 50 other people that are walking around that are 40 pounds overweight? Right. Like, well, those, I mean, those are causing issues, too, but... Yeah, I, I think because it, it has an effect on them. Because <laughs> they're selfish, isn't it? They're not looking at other people like your fatness is influencing me. Yeah, like your smoking I'm could running up healthcare costs. If you want to look at it like that, diabetes but and people, having heart attacks. And... I don't think human beings are. Uh, they think of long term things because no, they is, don't. That's why they look these, at like these this ele- affects me right now. So. Yeah, that's why these fucking people that think electric cars are going to save the world, but 
you just burn more coal to make electricity. It's just you're not the person. You're not the person blowing the smoke in the face. Right. right you're not right. the person filling up at the pump. Right. And you plug your car in, so now you feel like you, you're making a contribution to the environment. Yeah. When well, those batteries, once they deplete, they become some of the lithium batteries. Once they're fully depleted, they're some of the most toxic substances yeah. on this and planet. They don't, they don't know how to. Yeah. To and they just they just dump that. them in landfills in China. Yeah. So, oh my god, dude. Yeah. But it, that I mean it, that's another thing. It's just funny how if in this country if 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 you're not obese then you're almost like the weird one. Well, that, that, it goes, you know, it goes. There's been so much time. I I think that we are a giant seesaw. Like our life is just a giant seesaw in in the historical spectrum, because you see something go on this far spectrum of you know where where they had, you know, so much hatred and so much judgment of one type of people, and then, and then. Yeah, Santanyana says if you don't study the past, then you're doomed to repeat it. Yeah, and then and then we usually sway on the exact opposite side, you yeah. know, and then and then that I feel like that we're in that time right well, now. Yeah, what's that? Where it's like a, extreme acceptance, you know, yeah. rather than extreme, you know, ownership. Yeah. So what, what what's that it's saying? It's a time thing. What's that saying? Uh, hard times create good men. Good men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. Yeah. We're on that. We're at that back end where, yeah, I, everybody's worried about their own feelings and not really doing too much. Yeah, it's. But the thing is, it's it's. You need to accept that we are not perfect. Oh or, yeah, like not you, but I'm saying. No, like, no, no. I mean, I am not perfect. Yeah, but, I mean, all of us aren't perfect. Yeah. And we all have our own shit, you know, we listen to other people looking for the answers, you know, and all we can find is just things that we can vibe with and, and things that we can, you know, that, that keep us going. But at the end of the day, it's it's looking at it from a more independent and a more, not, when I say independent, I don't mean like being by yourself. It's about looking at yourself, an internal yeah. life rather than an external thing. I, I, I think if everybody, if everybody focused on... I don't want to say themselves, like, like their feelings per se, but if everybody kind of understood and made themselves better, then I think we could start making improvements on a lot of things we do now. But, well, it always starts with yourself. Yeah, that's, but, but, you know, I was like saying earlier, like, like your people, friend said, yeah. But, you know, I was saying earlier, like people, everybody cares about themselves and, you know, that's why the suicide rates are going up. The thing is, is they're not really actually fixing everything. They think that they're trying to build their own internal happiness, but people need to realize that being happy isn't, that's, that's not a constant state. Oh my God, no. Like you're not supposed to be happy all the time. It's like, that's why California is kind of funny is California, it's 70 degrees all the time. So how can you enjoy a sunny day if all you fucking see is sunny days? Like you got to have a few rainy ones. Yeah. So people think that they just need to be happy all the time. And as soon as they're not happy and... That's when they think their world falls falls apart. But mm-hmm. ha- happiness is short bursts. You need to find. You, you need to fix yourself to understand that hey, it's okay to be sad, and it's okay to. It, it's okay that times are hard at at times, and, you know, tomorrow you're gonna wake up again. So don't take live, it fucking easy. Yeah, don't live within the confines of. Happiness is, you know gonna be a constant thing yeah because it's not and yeah who would want to and don't stay in the like oh i'm happy so i don't i won't i don't want to do anything else and then you get numb to it and then you start to be like oh i'm not happy anymore why am i not happy 
It's you have to constantly be searching and trying and growing yeah. and failing. You, you you can't you can I I don't see how you could ever be at a constant happy unless you're doing drugs or something. You can't be at this constant happy state and well, when you're on drugs, that's not it's, a happy state. It's it's a it's a euphoric state. And, it's just but spreading then you dopamine a, yeah. in your body and then re- stopping the production of dopamine. You know, it's that short-term happiness. It's an acute happiness. But, yeah, and but just think about it. There's it. not a single beneficial thing that's ever happened in this entire planet based on somebody's happy state. Like, Martin Luther King made huge leaps and bounds for the black community. Do you think mm-hmm. he was happy that entire time? No. No, he, I bet you every single day, the black, you know, you got Malcolm X that's saying that he's he's being a fool for not being violent. You have everybody telling him, hey, how, how can you let that guy, you know, spit on you and... Look him in the face and say, you know, I, I understand it's okay, and like shake that dude's hand. Mm-hmm. Like, you think he was happy during all that? No, I guarantee you, he was full of rage. But he pushed through that, pushed through those hard times in order to make a huge improvement for the black community. And so, this, this weird, this weird state that we've become, where everybody thinks that they need to be happy and their own happiness is the most important thing, is not where we should be. It needs to, we need to be at a point where. People need to look at themselves and say, you know what, I, I am a piece of shit. Maybe I should stop treating everybody like an asshole and, you know, yeah. and, and fix that. Don't project yeah. your shit yeah. on other people. Yeah, fix that, and then we could start fixing everything else. But it, it all starts with you and then your household, and then it could radiate up from there. Yeah, I mean, in other, in, in other terms, it's like work on your foundation. Yeah, work exactly. Fa- you, can't, you can never build a, a strong structure on top of a weak yeah. foundation. And if you ever think that you can, you know, go through the loopholes and find ways of being like, oh, I made money, so I should be happy kind of thing, you know, because a lot of people think that that money route is going to be the happy source. Mm-hmm. It's, it's no, not. no. It's, it's you got to f- start with that foundation. Mm-hmm. Once you make money, yeah, you could be happy, but you got to have a happy most, foundation most first. Most like you won't because people that try to make a lot of money, what they do is, in my, my, I wouldn't say my parents are unhappy, but they buy a lot of shit. Like people start buying shit and... That I don't want to bring up like the Tyler Durden, the you know Fight Club guy, where he says the things you own end up owning you. But I do think that's kind of true. Is where people are unhappy and so they go out and they buy a new iPad or yeah. people so they they they're unhappy and so they don't. Well, I'm, I have money, so I'm gonna go out and buy this badass computer setup right. or whatever the new fancy car because I'll buy this badass car so everybody looks at me and mm-hmm. you know gets a hard on even though it's just dudes really. So it's like I know, yeah. so I mean people start. Once that's just another way that they're they're trying to cope with something that they haven't fixed. they haven't fixed internally. They haven't fixed Going that. out and buying more shit is just you're tying yourself down to to just items that don't mean anything. It's yeah. is as pointless as the money itself. No, totally. Money okay. money is good to make sure that your family could eat and you could pay the bills, but I, other than that, I, I mean, I just don't think it's gonna be. It. It's not the you know, end all or, you know, it's not, it's, it's not, not the end all deal, yeah. It, yeah, and, and you can't, you can't look at the pursuit of happiness that way, and it's kind of been tainted in that way, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you can have nothing and be the happiest man in the, in yeah. the world, you know, you oh, can, yeah, you, I it, think you can't so too. true, and that's that movement of, that's why I say, like, you know, we're on this seesaw, because you look at, now we have this victim mentality, we have this thing of, like, why am I not getting this, 
you know, where I, I spent time, not, but not, you know, using my brain to get happiness. But then there's also these minimalists that are like, no, I don't need that much to actually understand, like, understand the importance of what life is. Sometimes it's a good conversation. Sometimes it's a, you know, just being happy, being alone in a room. Yeah, I, I, I think it's funny with that minimalism because I, I would consider myself a minimalist, but I'm not. Like well, I wouldn't you sleep label. in a hammock, so yeah, I sleep in a hammock. Obviously you're minimalist. That has honestly been awesome for my back. <laughs> hey, I swear to God. Dude, yeah, but um, why, why, why? Uh, I mean, you. The hard thing with a hammock is you need to be single because you can't be in a relate. Like I'm moving in with my girlfriend, new girl, not much better. Um, yay! But uh, I, I'm moving in with her. Uh, coming up actually this weekend, I'm actually moving to Texas. Um, good for you, man. Thank you, but uh, you have to be single because you can't really have a healthy relationship if you're not sleeping with your significant other, and it's impossible to do in a hammock. But, Lucy did it. I love who? Lucy. She did? <laughs> no, was, oh. literally back in the 20s, they weren't allowed to sleep in the same bed, oh. so they slept in twin um, beds. But, uh, it, I mean, it's awesome. Like It's weird. For the first maybe week, your legs will be numb because you're not used to sleeping with your, your feet slightly elevated. Um but doctors say that, I don't know if you've ever heard when you're laying down, put a put a pillow underneath your legs. I sleep with it every night. Yeah. I sleep with a pillow under my legs every night. So, I mean, if you're standing all day, you have blood dumping into your feet. And then because your feet are never raised above your heart, you just keep that blood down there. It's not, I know, I know you, your body has a system to circulate blood, but when you get your feet up a little bit, it kind of helps that blood come back into your body. Um, Jocko Willink also talks about sleeping with a pillow underneath his legs. Mm-hmm. Uh so when you sleep in a hammock, and people people sleep in a hammock wrong, because I, I did it too when I first got one, and I'd go hiking, I'd be like, this is fucking, I could not sleep in this, this is so uncomfortable. Like, I hated sleeping in a hammock. Um, and then once I moved to this house, I didn't want to buy a bed, because I, I knew I wasn't going to live here forever, and I, I didn't know where I was going to go, but I didn't want to have to lug around a big-ass bed, so put my hammock up, and what you're supposed to do is you're, <clears throat> you know you have a hammock, and if you sleep end-to-end, you know, your feet are pointing towards one hook, your feet are pointing towards the one hook and your head's pointing towards the other. Mm-hmm. That is not the way you want to sleep in a hammock because now you're, you're like a banana and that is, right. that's terrible for your back. Yeah, it's no arch in your back. Yeah, it's like the same thing with deadlifts. You know, they say deadlifts are perfect, like they're great for your back if you're doing them right, but it, as soon as you do a deadlift wrong, you're going to fuck your back up. Fuck everything. That's the exact same thing as a hammock. If you're sleeping in a wrong like that, you know, uh, uh, feet to hook, head to hook, bad for your back. What you do is you sleep at an angle, a slight angle. And that slight angle distributes the weight across a plane. And so now you're, you're sleeping almost perfectly level, but your feet will be slightly elevated. Um, and it's honestly, I have not had any back problems uh, at all since I've been sleeping in a hammock. That is fascinating. Yeah. And honestly, if you guys are single and you're not, even women, and you're not living with somebody else because you can't, and you also have to see if your house could do it. My, luckily, the place I was living, they had two big-ass beams that are holding a, like an 18-inch uh, uh, raft pylon. But, um, yeah, and also, when, like, during summer, because a hammock, you, when you're laying in a hammock, there's no insulation. So you're essentially, like, heating the room. Um, so during summer, when it, it could be 100 degrees in your room, if you lay on a hammock, you'll always stay cool because your back is just losing all heat Constant yeah so you could just lay there with you know your clothes on with i usually sleep in a sleeping bag but when it gets hot i just lay on the hammock normal mm-hmm. and dude it is it's awesome you don't no need pillow or anything no 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 pillow 
what I'll do is I'll, on with my uh with my sleeping bag I'll call I'll kind of bunch it up and I'll lean on that side and that's what keeps my head straight. You sleep on your side. Well, you just kind of ro- you you have to sleep on. And doctors also say sleeping on your back is very good for you. Sleep right. on sleeping on your back is natural. Like like. Well, yeah. If it, you sleep on your side, you will feel it. Yeah, and it's not normal. That only came about because of uh, bed padding, like. Before, if you ever slept on the ground, you'll realize you can't sleep on your fucking side. Your, your shoulders are a little wider than your head. Yeah. It'd be like, <laughs> then your hip is digging into the concrete oh or God, the yeah. dirt or whatever. Sometimes so, it's just, yeah, you it, learn how to fall asleep easier. Yeah. And it's, it's funny how, like, science has changed certain, like, shoes, shoe padding. That's why everybody gets shin splints. Like, if, have you ever ran barefoot? You don't take long strides. You take short Oh yeah, totally. Pepper steps. You don't. Yeah. You don't it, drive your heel into the. Yeah, ground. and that only came about because people yeah, realized that hey, if we put more padding on the heel, we could take longer strides, and which we will, run faster. Which, yeah, which will increase our time. It has, but now everybody. It's just performance based. Yeah. yeah, it's it's and when you look at performance based, it doesn't mean yeah, uh, but uh, functional based. But but sleeping on a hammock has been awesome. Um, but anyways, uh, I I would consider myself a minimal minimalist, but the thing is, like, people take weird. Like, become extremists. Like, oh, I'm a minimalist, so I, I have one fucking light bulb, and I take it out of this light to go put it... Like, you have to... You could have some shit, you know? But you don't need a lot. Like, I don't have a couch. I have a... Uh, I have a pizza box? No, I don't have a couch. <laughs> I have a, a, a bean bag. So that's, like, my couch. I have a little TV, you know, but... The ultimate bachelor pad. You just don't need a bunch of shit. You really you don't, don't. You don't need... Yeah, you just, it's just because... And if you ever do, most people our age, you know, I'm, I'm turning twenty five. I think you're 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 younger than me, right? You're the younger of the group, aren't you? Uh, I'm turning twenty five, twenty five too. Yeah, yeah. 24. I think you're actually you're a couple months older than me. You're like July, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. August. So yeah, we're we're twenty five essentially, and uh, you know, I'm probably not going to be living in one place until I'm probably about thirty. That's probably when I'm going to be in a place for a while. So why get a bunch of stuff? If I know around. Yeah, if, and I don't know where I'm going to be. Now I haven't I I've been wanting to move out to Houston for a while. Or not Houston, but to Texas. So I have well, Brian, I, what what made you want to go to Texas? Uh there's been a lot. I've been wanting to go out to I, I originally wanted to go out to Austin. Um That's a cool spot. I yeah. thought about that too. I wanted to go out to Austin originally back like my sophomore year of college, but I was still finishing up college and um I've kind of moved away from tech. I don't really like tech as much anymore. And I think Austin is just, it's just become too saturated and I'll, I'll eventually would like to buy a house and I think Austin gonna, is just going to continue to grow. And, yeah, the property value yeah, is going to go um, up and up and up and up. But Texas is cool. I mean, there's no income tax, uh, state income tax. So right, yeah. You'll take home a little bit more. It's cheaper to live. It is cheaper to live when I was out there. Totally. When I was out there, like food, beer, you know, if you go, it's going to be the same as here, but well, for they, like, elect, you know, gas is like 250 right now. Um, rent. I mean, I'm. I'm 20... Are you talking about everywhere or just here? No, here gas is. I just filled up today. I go to Costco to get gas, and it's. I buy premium. Um. So. It's... Oh, oh, you're talking about like gasoline. Yeah, gasoline. Oh no, or like gas from like. Stores. No, 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 gasoline. So I, I, I go to Costco in in California. It's it's a four bucks. It's like four ten. I just got it at Costco. Four ten. Co- yeah, and Costco is about for premium. It's about forty cents less. Oh my god. So gas is at like four fifty now. Out in out in Houston, um, you know, Houston, but majority of Texas, it's at like it's between like for premium, it's between like two fifty and like three fifty. So it's like old dollar cheaper. 
So gas is cheaper out there. Um, uh, rent is cheap. I'm, I mean, I'm a 20 minute walk from downtown and rent for my apartment is uh, 1300. Wow. So, I mean, that's what I'm paying here in freaking Simi Valley. Right. I'm paying 1200 bucks a month for a little like studio. So, California anywhere. Yeah, anywhere so it's just, it's like out there, like, the cost of, that's when, that's what I didn't really realize is when people say the cost of living, it's literally, like, rent, gas, food from the grocery store. Yeah. But everything else is the same as California. It's gonna, it's still eight bucks for beer. You know, it's still 20 bucks when you go out to eat. They do have all you can eat steak in, uh, in Texas. Well, they, they have that here. You just gotta go to Korean barbecue, dude. That is true. That is true. So, I, I've, I've been wanting to go out there for a while, so. I'm happy that I'm doing it. Yeah, man. <laughs> what just happened? I don't know. Shit my sand. I just shit my my sandwich. That's my chair, bro. Oh, there's a brown stain now. God damn it. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I'll hose it off. <laughs> uh, dude, I'm I'm so happy that you're doing like that. You're making that change. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really stoked that we did this, man. Yeah, I, for I really sure. thank you for having me. I love the way that you think. I really think that like a lot of people can get a lot of value from it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to hear how you grow and how, you know, I, I definitely can like take something from what you've said and apply it to my own life. And, you know, thank you, man. That's why we have this podcast and, you know, I'm sorry that Zane couldn't be here, but, you know, I think that a lot of people can, can, can get something. Yeah, definitely, man. Best of luck to this. I hope it grows and becomes something awesome. Thank you, man. I know it's just right in the the starter phase and once you get going again, I'll come back out. Totally. Why not? Always. I'll have an actual studio. Yes, yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? This is this is world star production right here. That's a fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for joining, guys.